You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! This episode is brought to you by the fine folks over at Sinusoid. What, Sinusoid? You haven't checked it out yet? After I told you about it last time? The cables with the 100-year warranty and all that cool stuff? What are you, a dingus? Just head on over to Sinusoid and check them out already. They got a 100-year warranty on their cables. Oh, and also, they just came out with their cable builder, version 3, on their website. They've added a ton of new options. You can put together the exact cable that you need for whatever application you're thinking speaker cable, instrument cable, they've added XLR options. Yeah, they've got you covered. So head on over, check out the new Cable Builder version 3, and, you know, treat your guitar signal the way it deserves to be treated for crying out loud. Hey everybody, welcome back to the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. And with me today, I have a very special guest, uh, one I've been trying to wrangle for a while, (laughs) and the stars just would not align with our weird schedules. But finally, it's happened, and I give you Mr. Joel Cordy of Chase Bliss. Hello, sir. Hello there. I'm glad that this is finally happening. We did uh, it. We're it doing is, it. It is good. We win. The timing couldn't be better. Yeah. So, so things have been nuts for you, and uh, everyone is uh, freaking out about the Chase Bliss stuff. So, congrats on that. First off, well, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's been uh, yeah, it's been kind of a wild ride. Uh, that's sort of everyone says that. That's kind of dumb, um, but <laughs> it feels like that. Um, it's it's uh, it's been a lot of work, but. Um, I'm pretty happy with where things are at. Oh, I yeah, also should I say at the top are... of the show, I, I always like to say this if I'm on a podcast or doing any, any kind of public speaking or whatever, cause it makes me feel a little bit more comfortable mm-hmm. is that I, uh, right. stutter. So sometimes it might sound weird, but I'm talking and that's just, that's just me stuttering. Um, and hopefully by me saying the, this then the listeners will will uh will listen to what i'm saying rather than how i'm saying it hopefully <laughs> i i don't think uh i don't think you'll have any problems your your we, your l- l- listeners are uh are nice people you're saying well you know some of them <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're the they're the best listeners ever. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't let them listen if they weren't. Oh, I would yeah, turn it of off. I just reach through the speakers and yeah. turn it off. Well, the nice thing is you have control over that. Yeah, I totally do. Mm-hmm. I can I put this out only for the very best listeners, and I don't let anyone <laughs> that I don't like listen to it. So I feel like we could just talk about this the whole time. 
We could. We could talk about this the whole time if you want. I can get into the science behind it, but, you know, it's <laughs> it's really kind of proprietary technology that I don't yeah. want revealed. No, I understand. Uh, which I'm sure you can understand. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. As tempting as it may be. <laughs> so, I, uh, I, this is actually good for me because I do know, like... Uh, about your products pretty well and everything and most people do i i only vaguely know the backstory behind yourself and your company so why don't we kind of start with you know when did you start playing guitar and how did that lead into what you're doing today basically right on i'm gonna i always kind of struggle with this question because like i could make it an hour long but I don't want to do that. So I'm going to try to do the super condensed version of how we, we have an hour. We so do, you're, yeah, you're but good. you probably want to like, you know, ask a follow-up question or something, or maybe even Depends I'll on how ask, interesting. I'm... Maybe even I'll ask you a question or two, or is that, is that not allowed? No, you totally, you can. I don't know if I'll have a very good answer for it. I'm really bad at being on the other side of the interview okay. table. So, <laughs> Well, but you can ask. Okay. <laughs> All right. I started <laughs> to play guitar when I was uh, 14 or 15 years old. Um, the way I remember it starting, well, I was interested in it. And um, I told my mom one time when we were driving that, that if I could do my life over again, I would learn to play the guitar. And then she, <laughs> um, she said you know, I'm crazy. You know, I was like 14 or 15 and, um, you know, kind of laughed at me. And then we went and got, um, a guitar at guitar center, like the next weekend. So started nice. playing and, um, I guess she started to, I was, I was, uh, interested in recording at the beginning. And that's when I kind of got interested in effects with, uh, you know, the various plugins and things like that. Right. Um, and then, uh, later I was in college and trying to figure out what I wanted to study. And, uh, I'd kind of gotten more interested in recording and I was, you know, like trying to find the best stuff for recording on a budget and things like that. And kind of playing my guitar and just wondering how all of that stuff worked. And then I decided, well, then, you know, I did some research and emailed some companies and I should go back and look at who I emailed. I wonder if it's anyone I know now. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Um, that would be funny. And they're like, well, this is the type of work electrical engineers, uh, you know, this is what they do. So I was like, oh, because I didn't really know anything. I didn't know anything about electronics um, at the time. And then just right. started doing that. Um, and then graduated uh, in 2007. But... Um, the big thing that happened to me that is sort of like like the thing that sort of shaped my life since then uh, is that my brother, who I was really close to, to in February of 2007, he, he was hit and killed by a drunk driver. And uh, he lived out in California. He was pursuing an acting career. So that sort of just kind of turned everything upside down and you know it's even even saying that is kind of an understatement you know because you just don't ever think anything you hear about stuff happening you know but then all of a sudden you know you get a phone call like that and it's just 
it's, it's still sometimes it's just hard to believe that that happened. Um, and he was all about, you know, um, following, following your passions and following your bliss. And that's actually how I got the name of the company was his name was Chase and that whole, uh, mantra, follow your bliss. He was, um, really into this guy named Joseph Campbell, who, who's kind of, uh, um, known for that concept. Mm-hmm. And, right. uh, and, uh, so that sort of like really changed my outlook on life. Um, it took me a while to not, not just be like, you know, it took about a year for me to not just be cripplingly sad, you know? Um, and so I did get a job out of school um, after I graduated there that I didn't like. And I was also started really, really struggling with my stuttering a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I decided that I needed to do something about that. So I had gotten some speech therapy in the past, um, but I decided to get therapy uh, again. And it was um, a different kind of therapy. I promise I'm getting to your answer. I've, <laughs> I, I'm not going, uh, I'm not going to go too far down this rabbit hole, but, um, I also, <laughs> that's okay. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't worry about it. My, uh, my therapy experiences as a youngster were all, were all centered around, um, this idea of trying not to stutter or trying to be fluent. And it just, it never, it was always like, uh, Look, looking at stuttering from the perspective that is really n- negative, and um, right, and and the the uh, I, I started to learn about some new approaches and strategies that were more centered around, um, you know, working with your stuttering and accepting your stuttering and being open about it and, um, you know, not, not trying to avoid it, you know, it was really emphasizing communication rather than, mm-hmm. uh, um, judging success on, you know, whether or not you're, you're stuttering. Otherwise, I mean, if, if, if success for you is not stuttering, it's just, the, you know, then the easy thing to do is just not to talk at all because that guarantees you're not going <laughs> right. to stutter, but you're not going to be a very good communicator in that, in that, in that regard. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I got really into that and then I decided I want to switch careers and be a speech language pathologist. So, oh, interesting. yeah, I, uh, I, I enrolled in graduate school and quit my job and I decided that I, I want, you know, I still needed to have some kind of income but I wanted to. I wanted it to be something that was really interesting and that I cared about. So mm-hmm. I basically harassed uh, Zach Vex at Zvex for a while, um, and nice. I told him, "Hey, you know, I'm an engineer. I got this undergraduate degree in electrical engineering, and I'll work for anything. <laughs> basically, like, what? <laughs> how can I, you know, work for you?" So. So then this little interesting thing happened where as I, uh, once I got the job at Zvex and I was going to grad school for speech language pathology, I, uh, um, uh, stuttering like from, from all the work I was putting into it, 
it started to become like less and less of a barrier for communication for me. And then I started to become right. more and more interested in um, engineering and guitar pedals specifically. I just, you know, I got the bug. And it's a, it's a dangerous bug. It is, yes. I, you know, and it, it gets all of us and it got me really hard. And I was also starting to uh, play out in a band with uh, some f friends that I'd never really, I don't know, just never, never really felt like I had the confidence to do that. And so it was just like a lot mm -hmm. of positive change in my life after a lot of like really tough times. And, um, and I kind of realized that, that I, I needed to, to, I needed to keep working on this guitar or pedal thing. So the, the part-time Zvex job turned into a full-time job. I still went to graduate school. Um, uh, but I changed from full-time to part-time, uh, worked for okay. Zvex for four years. And then, uh, finally it was coming up on my graduation, uh, for, for my master's degree. And it was, it was kind of this weird, uh, decision time where I felt like I wanted to do that a little bit, like, um, you know, maybe be a part-time speech therapist, helping people who stutter. And then I also felt like, you know, I was starting to want to pursue some of my own ideas for guitar pedals. And, mm -hmm. um, so ended up leaving Zvex, but I still did contract work for them for about a year after that, just to you know, mm -hmm. sort of, just to um, you know, kind of smoothly transition. And you know, obviously that was that was sort of that was sort of hard because, you know, who wants to who wants to hear that their engineer employee like wants to start their own company, you know? So, so that was kind of right. Uh, uh, you know, sort of a, little, a tough little time. awkward. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, hey, I Zach, did... I want to be a com direct competitor, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. You know, not, not the type of kind of conversation you want to hear as a, a no business owner. And now, you know, now I'm a business owner, so you can even, you know, have more empathy for situations like that. But I, I wanted, I right. was really honest about everything. And I think as much as it, as much as that's unpleasant, I think it's always for the best to, you know, to, to, uh, I'm just waiting for my intern that day. He tells me he's going to go start his own <laughs> podcast. I'll tell you, it's going to be a bad it's gonna day. It's going to be a tough day. You know what? It's going to be a tough day. <laughs> um, oh man. <laughs> so, so yeah, then I, I, uh, I started Chase Bliss and I worked, uh, I worked on Warp Vinyl every second I was able to, but I also, um, you know, I was also doing, I, um, finishing up my master's degree and working as a speech therapist a little bit. And then also doing the contract stuff for Zvex. Um, and I just quickly, well, not quickly, but it, it took a while and I was like, you know what? Um, I'm not so, so much into the speech therapy thing. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I'm kind of, I'm kind of more introverted. So, uh, so like working that intimately with, uh, other people the whole day is just sort of mm -hmm. draining for me. And it, it was turning into like my least favorite days when like, 
uh, when I would do therapy with people, um, Mm-hmm. And my favorite days were always if I had any time to work on warp vinyl, like I was just like ravenous. Or wait, is that a word? Ravenous? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? In that context? It, it totally does. Sweet. Yes. Um, you nailed it. <laughs> so like it just became obvious to me. It's like, this is what I love. This is, you know, this is my... Bliss. And... You know, release Warp Vinyl December of 2013, and then uh, found another injuring, uh, uh, a temporary engineering job that lasted for about a year. And then after that, you know, I'd still just been working on Chase Bliss Audio stuff any any chance I was able to. And then a year after that, uh, took the plunge to going full time Chase Bliss Audio, and and uh, and yeah. Here we are. Now I've got a couple. Here we are. And here we are today. Yeah, I got a couple employees and uh, we moved out of my basement about two months ago into a little uh, a little shop. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of almost like we're a real company. I think you guys are legitimately a real company at this point. (laughs) I think I think you've well earned that title uh because it's kind of you're on the tip of everybody's tongue. So I think you you can call yourself a real company with confidence now. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yes. So one thing I wanted to dig into um a little bit is you have really unique takes on on effects, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the whole point. Um how do you go about like conceptualizing some of this stuff is there a process or does it just kind of like those things come to you in the shower as they so often do well it's really interesting you're asking me this question right now because uh i had an idea yesterday and i haven't been more excited about working on a pedal since the original warp vinyl oh i'm so excited about it but it might it might you know be a uh spectacular failure so I doubt it. it well, I'm I mean, confident. like it might be like you know, a week from now, I'm I'm gonna run some t- t- tests to see if it's even gonna work, really. But mm-hmm. it it could be a a thing where it just is not gonna work, or it it kind of works, but it sounds terrible. You know, if it doesn't sound good, there's no point in it. You know. Um, oh yes, I so, totally know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I I think that you know sometimes you know with some of the pedals like tremolo or, or, you know, with the delay, it was like, well, you know, we're doing these modulation pedals. I, I really need to make a tremolo and then like trying to figure out how to make one that, that I like, you know, and with the delay, mm-hmm. it's like, everybody's asking for a delay basically since we started. So we should, and I love delays, but I mean, who doesn't love delays, but, but it, it yeah, was it was a thing like I need to make a delay. Like how can I make it cool? And this one, <laughs> this this new uh, idea was more like more more just inspiration because I don't think, as far as I know, it's it's not. Yeah, it's different. Just different. Mm-hmm. Well, Did that's that answer exciting. your question? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but you you have a new idea, and that's an exciting thing. So I, I'm sure you don't want to reveal that at this time, but we can do that when well, the I'm mics not, aren't not, hot. Yeah, not 100 percent sure what it is yet. You know what you'd even call yeah. it, but we'll see. I know what you mean. Yeah, but I guess let's let's I'll I'll re-ask it and see if maybe maybe you can answer it. Well, it's kind of a difficult <laughs> question because I because it's kind of like how did you write that song. You know, um, okay. so the question was like, oh, was how, how do you kind of, yeah. yeah, how do you conceptualize these things? Do you like sit down and, and purposely try to like figure out a new thing or do you like, does it just come to you and you engineer a way to make it happen? Well, I guess I'll just talk about this last time because it's fresh in my head, but I think every way is a little different is that I saw mm -hmm. this thing and it was a little bit like something I'd thought about before and then I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And then I had decided it wasn't possible. And then like three hours later I was rollerblading around. Um, yes. Pushing my son in his I love stroller. that you were rollerblading yeah, around. I was like, yeah, I was, um, my wife wasn't feeling well, so she didn't want to go to the park with my son and I, and I was like mm -hmm. sad that she wasn't feeling well, but I knew that, it was going to be an opportunity for me to just sort of zone out. Mm -hmm. And other times if I zone out with my wife around, it's pretty frustrating because she'll ask me a question and like, I won't even know anyone else is talking. <laughs> it's like really <laughs> awful, you know? Yeah. And so uh, I was, yeah, I, 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 know I was a little bit, sorry, I, I didn't hear what you said. What'd you just say? Oh, I said, I know, I know the feeling. Okay. I, I do the same thing. <laughs> and then I get punched. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. And that's, that's reasonable, you know, reasonable. I think so too. A punishment. Um, <laughs> so I was kind of excited because I was like, I know I'm going to have some zone out time here. And mm -hmm. um, at some point in my head, I solved, or I think I solved the problem that I thought was insurmountable. Um, and, mm. and so that was exciting. And then I just, yeah, I just kept thinking about it. And then I, I just sketched out like a rough, um, you know, conceptual idea about like what the knob parameters could be. And this will all, you know, change through the development process, but it's just like a rough uh, idea of what it could sound like. And then I was explaining it to um, my sales manager, Holly, this morning, and we have this big whiteboard. We got a freaking whiteboard in our workshop, which probably doesn't sound like a big deal to anybody. But when we were in my basement, there were no whiteboards. You know, <laughs> now we have a whiteboard. And I just sort of like wrote out the idea and drew some stuff and, and um, explained, explained it to Holly. And she thought it was cool. So anyway, you're, you're just like, yeah, it's just I want to just say, what is it, Joel? What is it, Joel? I know. Like, I, but tell I know you, I shouldn't. But, yeah. I shouldn't ask that question. Yeah. But uh, just because there is, there I'm is mentally like a pretty saying, good what is it, Joe? <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm mentally chatty. saying, what is it, Joel? Yeah. It, um, I, I well, like the, it. The, That's what, as it turns out, it, you need to talk on a podcast. Yeah. Or why is it? It's, it just doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. It would I just think, be an hour of silence. I just, <laughs> you know. It's funny. I just did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and I could tell I have a little bit of uh, different energy right now because mm -hmm. I think I'm so excited about this idea. And oh, what show did you do? Uh, it was called the Creative Path Podcast. He, um, 
the guy that um, that um, does the podcast also has a, um, a little guitar pedal company called Mattoverse. His name's Matt, which I think is clever. Okay. Mattoverse. Like what a great I like name. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I listened, I listened back to the podcast and, um, you know how, you know, like that phenomenon when you, you hear your, your voice and, and, uh, it sounds weird. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I hate editing my show. I hate it. John, not because I don't like hearing other people talk, but then I talk <laughs> and it's like, do I really sound like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, it was weird because I mean, one, I was stuttering a lot, which I usually don't care about. But then, um, I had I felt bad because I sent him the local recording file f- from me, and it was something I did where like the S's every time I stuttered. And now, if, if people listen to this, they're not going to be able to listen to it because they'll be so annoyed by it, like I was. Like all the <laughs> S's were like so prominent. And I was stuttering a lot. Oh, weird. Yeah. So you know, you know that uh, um, the um, technique when you're recording called the d- DSing d- or whatever, mm-hmm. where you like yeah. remove those frequencies to make the the S's less salient. I guess. Um, yes. I needed to do that. I think. Uh, what were you? Even, well, what did you, you know, just ask okay. me about? I'm all, all over the place here. Uh, good question. I don't remember because I was like, Man. I was, I was excited. I like podcasts, so I was all excited to check out this other podcast. So, okay. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. He said a lot of. Interesting I mean, at the people. same time, it breaks my heart that you would cheat on me with another podcast. I, I can't believe you would do that. I wasn't planning to cheat. Just one thing led to another, <laughs> and you know, it, it it started out so innocently. We were just mm-hmm. talking about pedals, and the next thing you know, the mic's hot, and and we're just going. And yeah. and I I didn't know what to think, but it it, it was fine. <laughs> but I think what's good is that we're talking at a time. Yeah, this is what we were talking about. We're talking at a time where I'm like really jazzed about something. So I think I'm hoping yes. that when I listen to this prospect, I'll, when I listen to this podcast, I'll hate my voice slightly less. <laughs> Well, you, you're doing you're doing good. Okay. So I I I don't hate your voice. Okay. I think it's I think it's very marvelous and smooth. Well, I actually like uh, your voice a lot. So I mean, I don't I don't know what you're talking about when you're saying you don't like your oh, voice. You have a fine voice. I, I think it's. Oh well, thank you, sir. Yeah, I really appreciate that. <laughs> I could sound like uh, uh, I don't know who's. Uh, I'm trying to think of a celebrity with an annoying voice, the nanny or something, and that might be. That'd be and not a good choice for podcasting. Different experience. One might not yes. necessarily be a negative thing. Just be different. <laughs> just, just different. Not yeah. better or worse. Just yeah. different. So let's see. Let's uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I'm trying to think. There are so many questions I want to ask you, and then we we started talking about this and how you were zoned out while you were rollerblading, and oh, I yeah. just have this image of you rollerblading through a park. Uh, like all like nineties out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, like, I don't know if you own a neon green t-shirt, but I'm imagining that's, that's what you were wearing. You know, man, I don't want to break up the fantasy, but 
It was, I think I was wearing like a Chase Bliss audio sh- shirt. It was pretty wild. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. When you're in public, you need to, you got to be repping that stuff. Well, it's not that. It's Especially just that I don't if you're rollerblading. They're comfortable sh- shirts. You know, it's more of a comfort <sighs> thing, you know? Yeah. I can, yeah, I get, and, I can and, understand that. Yeah. And I have a lot of them. You don't want to be the guy in the band that, like, you know, that wears the band shirt, right? That's not cool. Yeah, I know, but at the same time, I, I like my shirts too, so I wear them. Yeah. Are you one of those people (laughs) Uh, that wears cool clothes? You have cool clothes. You, you met me. I'm not very cool. See, if I, you remember, of course it was Nam, and it's hard to remember everything. But I'm not very cool. No, well, Nam. A lot of like people have cool clothes, and I'm not one of them. And my no, employees, I'm not either. my employees, they have cool clothes. So I, I asked them, is there like a secret s- store where <laughs> where you guys get these? And apparently there is. They're called thrift stores. There is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Now we know. You yeah. know, I'm in Portland. I should know these things. Yeah. But yeah, I don't wear cool enough clothes. Um, yeah, I don't have cool clothes. But I, I kind of want. No, I want to have. cool You want clothes. to wear cool clothes? Yeah. Just go take. Have your employees take you shopping, and you'll be all decked out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then maybe you can advise me on how to dress cooler, because half the time. Uh, Half the time, I'm just wearing like a t-shirt and pants. And Here, here's the thing, though: most people that wear cool clothes aren't even aware that they're wearing cool clothes. Hold on, yeah. So maybe you actually do wear cool clothes. I don't think I do. I'm pretty sure that I <laughs> <But> don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And welcome back to the Cool Clothes Podcast, <laughs> where we try to say, see how many times Joel and I can say "cool clothes" before people shut it off. Oh man. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. So you talked about uh lately you you've been playing live and or not lately, but you started playing live as you kind of became more comfortable with that stuff. Yeah. What kind of music do you play and and what kind of bands are you in or how does how's that kind of manifesting itself? Yeah, the the main project uh I was playing in is called um Ghost Towns of the West. And uh, mm-hmm. oh, it's, I like that. Yeah, it's rock. I like that a lot. That's a good name. Thanks. Um, it's kind of long, but um, it uh, it's rock music, and I think we were getting a little bit more into um, psychedelic sort of genres um, before everyone moved away. And I've just started up a band again because my main friend who had moved to California. It was one of the reasons why Ghost Towns of the West isn't playing anymore. He moved back home, and we're playing together again. And it's more um, it's more poppy, I guess. I don't know. It's, right, I mean, it's all right. rock music. Like there's two guitars and drums and a bass guitar. And then in Ghost Towns of the West, we had a keyboard player who also played sax, which was pretty cool. That's sweet. So when you say like rock though, like is it like kind of more of a grunge focused thing or like a 70s kind of jam or what do you mean? Rock's a broad category these days. Well, it was pretty, uh, quite a lot of variety because it wasn't just one songwriter. All of us were contributing songs. So 
Mm-hmm. And you know, we we uh, grew up in the '90s, so there's always some influence there. But oh yeah, um, then as I got more heavy into effects, um, I think that sort of influenced things um, too. I don't know. Some guy said that it sounded In like, like a shoegaze type of way, or kinda. Some guy said that one of our songs I I posted sounded like Soundgarden, and then I listened to it. and I'm like, oh, I guess it kind of does. That that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's weird how some people can draw things out of it, and then you go, oh, I don't even listen to that band very much, but yeah, it kind of does. Mm-hmm. And I had a similar thing happen where, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I was told by uh, actually by uh, Michael Adams, um, who's been on the show a couple times, that our band sounded like The Frames, oh, and I was okay. like, I don't even listen to The Frames. What are you talking about? And I went and listened to The Frames, and it turns out he was right. It That's was kind cool, of an interesting situation. Yeah, because <clears throat> if, if you sounded exactly like the bands you really like, that would be kind of weird. It would. I mean, you can definitely tell there's influences yeah. there, but it's, you know, it's not a clone, which is, you know, kind of important with music, I yeah. think. And and guitar pedals sometimes. <laughs> and guitar pedals. Yeah. And, you know, well done. There is no, there's no clones uh, in your lineup. That's blatantly obvious. Yeah, thank you. I'm trying to <laughs> definitely avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I should so say, how, I will say that the I was gonna, the womb tone is uh, was ins, mm-hmm. ins, inspired by uh, the Mutron Phaser two. Oh, okay. If you looked at the schematics, you'd be like, "Really? Maybe," but it definitely is. It sounds kind of no. That's what I say when I look at schematics. I say, "Really? Yeah." I don't know what that is. I ended uh, up changing a lot more than I actually thought I would, but it would for me not to say it wasn't it, it wasn't inspired by that would be disingenuous, I think. I see. Cuz I well, love that I phaser. Mean, My goodness. It is really cool. It's a good one. Really really cool. Yeah. Phaser um I've talked about it before, but that's something of a recent thing that I found out I loved. I didn't know I I didn't know that I loved it, but I actually do. Yeah. Um it's, and I, it's a, I, yeah. I got to, I yeah. got the uh, um, solid gold effects Apollo two, oh, nice. and that's what made me realize I actually like Phaser. I haven't played so. that one, but I watched a few videos on it. It's like, yeah, that one seems really cool. It it definitely is, definitely. And now I need a womb tone. I need them all. <laughs> and then your your pedal, uh, just from demos alone. I haven't got to play this one yet, but. I'm, I I didn't think I liked Flanger either, but Spectre has, I think, changed my mind about that. Thanks, I'm man. I, sure. It's weird with Spectre. It's definitely been like the most polarizing of all the pedals. Um, that one felt feels like the most risky sonically, mm-hmm. so it's not for everybody for sure. But, I, you know, I really like it, and, and it... Um, it, it's nice to to hear from some people that really love it, you know, but then some people don't yeah, like it. I, I think 
Yeah, that's the that's definitely on the short list is Spectre because I was like yeah. just watching. And then you like posted and I reposted a clip of Dylan oh, uh, yeah. with Roe playing the other day. And I was like, I love it even more now. Yeah, that was <laughs> so. fun for me because he that's the one uh, pedal of mine that he doesn't have. And so I was mm-hmm. like. I was telling them like, well, some people don't like this about it. Or some people don't like that. And I was like kind of showing everything. And then it seemed like he really liked it a lot. Um, and so that was kind of cool. Um, I, I wasn't sure. really expecting him to like it as much as he did. I, I thought he would like it or say he would like it because, you know, it's kind of rude to, to just tell someone <laughs> to their face that you don't like something they made. But <laughs> if he actually doesn't like Spectre, he is a really good actor because he made it seem like <laughs> it's uh, really fun through well, to a, 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 a especially like my favorite way to use specter is just put just gnarly stuff in front of it and we were playing around with the uh earthquaker devices bit commander and those two pedals especially i i think there's some really cool stuff that happens so he was enjoying I that i love the bit well. commander oh man it's so yeah. fun <laughs> I have I have one of those, so I'm halfway there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. That's what you should do if if and when you try or have a specter. They're they're uh, they're friendly uh, with uh, each other. I'm very excited now. I'm like I'm really weird. Like when I think about new sounds that I can make, mm-hmm. I get like way too excited. I think <laughs> like my wife sometimes is like, "Calm down. Like it's it's fine." I'm like, no, it's so cool. It's yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, I haven't felt I'm, felt. I, this brings me back to what I'm trying to work on right now. Like I'm very, so excited about this sound. Sorry, I keep talking about it. And I'm, uh, and I'm excited about it too. And I don't even know what it is. You know what? Once, See, I, once I'm comfortable I, enough that it, it's it's happening, maybe me and you can have a secret conversation about it. Oh, I love. I loved that's one of the best things about like doing what I do uh, in this gear world mm-hmm. is I get to have so many secret conversations secrets and and I feel like a cool kid I'm yep. like I know something you don't know <laughs> but I don't tell anybody that I know it because then they'll just ask me all the time but I'm usually I'm pretty, riddled yeah I'm riddled with secrets I'm usually pretty upfront <laughs> about stuff I think it kind of takes people off guard like someone will be emailing me and they'll be like what are you working on and I'll just tell them you know, like a normal company would be like, uh, well, you know, I might, you, you know, it's someone I've never met before, but I'll just say, well, keep it between us, you know, as if I can trust this stranger. But I think normal companies that know what they're doing about marketing and stuff, um, you know, they smarter about smarter about stuff like that. <laughs> what are you working on, Joel? Oh, an atomic bomb. Yeah. But keep it between you and I. Mm-hmm. Don't let anyone know. So here's a good question. This is something I've been wondering about. Um, I'm glad it, I'm glad I remembered it. Which of your pedals uh, was the... Because they all have a lot going on, obviously. Which of your pedals was the most challenging for you to work on and actually see it through to completion? Um... I would say that, I mean, it's easier for me to talk about to start. I'm I'm going to answer your question, I promise. But I think Womb Tone okay. and Gravitas were the easiest. 
because mm-hmm. I mean, womb tone, like I said, I started out with that um, neutron framework, and then with mm-hmm. gravitas, it was just more applying a bunch of stuff I already knew how to do. And like modulating volume actually isn't that difficult. Um, okay. So then that would leave the three remaining pedals, which is tonal recall <laughs> and specter and warp vinyl. I mean, warp vinyl was extremely difficult because I had to design, um, you know, the digital control kind of platform that I use. And mm-hmm. I, I, I had to start, from the beginning, you know, and that one, it's just, it's harder to do that. Uh, that's that pitch modulation. Um, right. And Spectre had a ton of issues that, that were, that were tough, you know, and, but, and then tonal, yeah, it's like all three of those both, I, th- I feel like the tonal recall was like the worst because, um, there's so much riding on it and it's so many people that were interested in it and there's this tremendous amount of pressure. And then there was all these problems that came up like, like mm-hmm. way later than I, you know, they, they sh- should have, I was just miserable. Um, you know, it wasn't fun at all at the last, the last little while with that. And you and I were talking a little bit cause you were trying to get me to do the podcast and I was like, I was in a dark place. I seriously was like, I'm kind of joking. Actually, I'm not even joking. Like it, it was, it was pretty awful personally and professionally, oh, no. but it all worked out somehow. Okay, good. Just a lot of hard work I, and no sleep and being, you know, my wife asking me a question three times and me not even hearing it, you know, anyway. Yeah. Good times. Well, I'm sorry that I was harassing you during your difficult time. No, no, you weren't harassing like, me. You were actually really understanding, which I appreciated, you know, you, 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 you really were. And that's why I'm glad we were finally able to make this happen because, um, cause yeah, it took a lot of, a lot of dabs at it, but you know, here we are. Hey, it's, you know, it's still not the, it's still not the hardest or the longest, uh, in process. Nice. Um, yes. The longest in process one was, uh, was Philippe. Oh. Uh, and <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that was I, I thought it was like nine months, but then I went back and looked at like like the first email I sent him and it was like a year. Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> that makes me feel way better. It didn't even wasn't it, even close to that. Was it like three no, months? No, and it for was us? not really it, Yeah, it was like three months. Well I mean Maybe we talked four. about it at NAM. Oh that's but true. like it didn't actually <laughs> I didn't actually hit you up though like oh, yeah. to do it until like three months ago. Okay. So so that's okay. Um, and and actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, uh, it's been a little less consistent with the communication. But uh, Nick Greer's, I hit him up right around the same time uh, as uh, Philippe, and we still haven't done it yet. <laughs> so, so don't feel bad. <laughs> okay. So if, if it ever works out with Nick, then that's going to be the new record. That'll be the new record. Exactly. And I'm sure it will. Yeah. Uh, it's... It's partially like we were gonna do it several times, and you know how these things work. Yeah, we like, almost didn't do it today, and then we're just like, we let's just do it. do it today. Like, let's do it, man. Yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. No, and people, people will probably listen to this going, "Well, pff, these guys are all jerks. They keep blowing you off." No, half of it's me. Like, <laughs> like trying to get to 
uh, two people's schedule who are kind of just inherently busy all the time yeah. to line up is extremely difficult. Yeah, and you're busy too. So, yeah. Yeah. In a different way, but mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, so the answer to that question was Spectre, Warp Vinyl, and then Tonal Recall being the, the cherry on top. Yeah. I definitely had the most negative feelings associated with Tonal Recall as far as like the stress involved. But mm -hmm. I don't think that that was really your question. It was Yours was like the hardest technical challenges, right? Well, not, I mean, no, not really. I just okay. asked which one was most challenging. Oh, okay. So if it's uh, emotionally more challenging, then that's the most challenging one. Yeah, I would say Tonal huh. Recall. I think, I mean, if, if you were just looking at the technical aspect of it, it would have been more vinyl because that one, you know, I had, I had to do, I had to write all that code and, and uh, develop that digital control platform that I'm able to, to you, you know, it's not like I have to rewrite all that all that um all that stuff for every pedal i'm able to re reuse a lot of code fragments you know and um right and so so i think that that from a purely technical perspective perspective just because all the work involved it was the original warp vinyl but that was also super fun and like I didn't have an email address, you know, I was just working on a project. I didn't have, you know, social m media. It was just like super, super fun. Whereas with Tonal mm -hmm. Recall, it was fun, but, you know, there was so much on the line, like emotionally, financially, and, and also just very, very technically challenging to do mm -hmm. what, what I'm trying to do. So that one, yeah, it was, it was just, yeah, it was the most challenging. Well, the good news is, is based on our conversation we had off the air, it, it paid off though. So yeah. that's the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel on that one. Yep. It did. Uh, um, everyone's freaking out about it in a good way. So I think, uh, you know, yeah, mission it, accomplished. It's yeah. It's mostly, um, you know, the, um, the more critical f feedback that I hear about it is that they want it to sound like some other delay they like, you know, and that response to that's always like, well, just play the delay you like, <laughs> you know, then. Well, that, so, I've seen that too. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sound like whatever. I'm like, then go get that thing. Exactly. What's the point of having this new cool set, you know, device mm -hmm. if you just want the, the, yeah. the other thing? Especially if it's, <laughs> it uh, doesn't make any sense. you know, in production and made overseas and affordable, you know, why would I make that <laughs> right. thing that you can easily no. buy? Yeah, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, I've seen that in a couple of places, and I'm just like, well, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, 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 you know, or uh, people think it it's um, too expensive, which I totally get. I think I said this on the other podcast. It's like I can't get mad at a version of myself from like ten years ago. You know. If, uh, cause I used to think everything was too expensive, but then once you make something <laughs> that's nice and you realize what it costs, then, you know, like I, the, the truth is I wouldn't be able to afford one of my own pedals probably, which is kind of sad, but that's just the way it goes, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the, that's been talked about on the show before, um, 
many times. Oh yeah. Like the, what goes into it mm. and then what you actually, you know, it's, it just, that's, it costs that much for a reason. Yeah. And it isn't because you're, uh, just rolling in them Benjamins, you yeah, know, right. um, <laughs> it, it doesn't work like that. Um, yeah, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but like that I haven't said already, I guess it's just, um, it costs what it costs for a reason. And it isn't because they're get you or anyone else is getting wealthy. That's kind of the end of the story there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know of any, uh, Bill Gates pedal billionaires. Do you? I don't. I okay. think that it's just not a good industry if you're well i don't know i don't know like all the companies everywhere but you know the the pedal industry is pretty close and people talk a lot and it, you know people do it because because it's just so fun but yeah unless you get super well, it's stressed kind of like <laughs> mostly fun <laughs> mostly fun exactly well that's kind of like you know i talked to uh brian wampler every week on on chasing tone also so i'm multi-podcasting oh i just realized something i i was getting after you for cheating on on my podcast but i realized i cheat on my own podcast all the time you do oh no you sort of that's so weird well that's okay it's all working out as long as you're honest about it right as long as we're all all the podcasts are on the same page and and they all know about it (laughs) It's all good. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's all fine. Um <laughs> I'm not sure where I was going with that. I don't I don't either. Yeah. I don't I'm trying to like make just, a joke and then I don't I'm like don't know I don't, I don't want to make that joke. I'm just trying to make you feel better about your infidelity. <laughs> I probably You're shouldn't I should just probably tell you to stop. Just focus yeah. on one. You know, just focus on one and pour all your love into that one. Yeah, one podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian would get mad at me. Yeah, I don't. I can't have him mad at me. Yeah. But where I was going with that was, uh, you know, he's talked about it too. Is it's not really about like becoming a gazillionaire. It's about going to bed on Sunday and being excited for Monday morning instead of yeah. uh, what most of us do, which is. Uh, so i think that uh that is worth the uh the headaches i should say i would think i agree the the day yeah well let's see we're getting close we're getting close but we still have time for a couple more okay so we normally at this point i would be asking you if you had anything really exciting coming up but we've kind of been talking about that the whole time yeah um and and it's so it's a mystery sound device that i just i'm i'm gonna go wild in my imagination with (laughs) and i can't can't wait to know more so uh then that would bring us to the classic question uh that usually comes up on the tone mob podcast which is uh, what kind of pizza do you like? Mm. Man, see, I'm one of those people that uh, it's kind of gross. I'm sort of a human garbage disposal, and I'll eat it, <laughs> it, it, anything. Um, anything? But if, yeah, well, I mean, at 
edible things for sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think I think that if I were to just order a pizza right now, it'd have a lot of veggies on it. Um, mm-hmm. for sure. And you know, the meat it would probably depend on the menu. I mean, one thing I like to do a lot is just ask the waiter or the waitress what to get because they're the professionals, you know? Well, that's true. So it's a good, know, point. I know what I like, but I, I, you know, I also want some, um, suggestions. Right. Some variety. Yeah. But what if it is, it, you know, it was one of those things where like, I mean, you love guitar pedals, obviously mm-hmm. that's well-established, but you know, I, you know, you spend all day, every day with them and you're, you know, tweaking and tuning and thinking about pedals and pedals and pedals, do you ever get, you know, to a point where you're just like, I don't want to look at guitar pedals for just a few, just a little bit. Uh, and I, and I think that the waitress might feel the same way about pizza. Oh, I was going to say it's actually kind of the opposite for me because I, what I'd spend too much time doing that I don't like is like emailing. And like doing administrative mm. stuff from the business that I actually wish I could spend more time with guitar pedals. So even though I'm around them all the time, it feels like I don't get to spend enough time. Like oh, playing guitar and playing with pedals. Maybe the pizza lady feels like that way. Maybe she's around pizza all the time, but she never gets to take a bite. Right. She's just carrying it and yeah. looking at it and, and smelling I'm, it, doing yeah. everything that's fun except the actual eating except of the for pizza. the eating. And so then maybe she, she would actually really like to, to, you know, have a little snack at the end of her shift. Oh, man. That is a, you're a wise man. Well, uh, not, not so much. I just, I'm just really trying to drive in this pizza analogy. <laughs> It's interesting that uh, you brought that up because I've kind of noticed that myself is I actually have like kind of when I started doing all this, not not at the same time, but I started taking guitar lessons a couple of years ago because I'm not very good mm-hmm. and um, yeah, me too. I needed to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and, I, and it was really paying off. Um, but then I started doing this and getting more gear focused and I just didn't have time to take the lessons anymore. Uh, and I, as a result of that, I just kind of hit that wall where it was helping. And then I hit the wall and stopped taking lessons. And now I'm still just kind of, I just hit the guitar and hope that sound comes out of it. Basically. That's the thing. Um, it's, so it's interesting that you brought up that, yeah, you don't get to play the pedals as often. And it's like, yeah, I don't get to, you know, practice as often. Cause I'm like, I'll get something from somebody and they'll be like, tell me what you think of this. Mm-hmm. And so I'll have to sit down and kind of just critically think about what it sounds like yeah, more so, you, so than what yeah, I'm playing. Yeah. So you have to play stuff that, you know, you sort of have like a sonic blueprint or understanding of what, you know, you probably, you, you, you probably uh, play some like huge chord that you know what it sounds like when you played through something similar mm-hmm. so you can kind of compare. Yeah, I get that. 
Exactly. So it's like, it's not, you know, mm-hmm. and off, oftentimes like you don't want to play like the super complicated things through it. Cause you're really trying to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not trying to shred. You're just trying to, what does this pedal sound like? Yeah. So that I can tell the guy what I think about it. Um, so that he can, you know, do what, you know, that's why he sent it to me. Mm-hmm. He didn't send it to me for his health. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of, Weird that my my playing has suffered as my gear collection has expanded. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes sense. I think it happens to a lot of people. I need to fix that. Yeah. Hmm. That's hard. Sure it's how, a hard but... balance, I think, to, you know, you get really into gear to not, you know, to keep the the balance where you're also working on improving um proficiency of your instrument but you know i think there's also something to be said about you know when you play a lot with effects like i do you're also learning how they interact with each other and you know you're improving at the the nuance of playing with an effect so even though you might not be able to do some impressive run or something you're you're improving in another way which i don't know i'm super bias but i think that's you know of equal importance me yeah you are learning how to craft new sounds exactly Uh, and if you're playing with others you're learning how to play with others and how to make you know something some interesting sound that you're working with how how to make that sit in the context of other instruments stuff which is is kind of a skill you know, in of in and of its uh, in and of itself, absolutely. I you know, I, to your point, I know a lot of much more talented guitar players than I that don't that they're like, what are them foot pedals? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um. So it is a kind of a different skill set, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, let's pat each other on the back now. So yeah, we feel better. Is, yeah, we're fine. <laughs> we're fine. We're good. We're totally good. We know what we're doing. Totally 100% good. Yeah. Um, so, well, Joel, we're right there at that hour mark. Sweet. I should let you, I mean, I could probably talk to you all day. That would be cool with me, but. I think we'll probably know, do this again. I'm getting that vibe. Okay. Someday. Let's do that. All right. Let's, let's pencil that in the, in the calendar. I don't think anyone's going to be offended about it. All right. I don't think so either. Okay. Well, for the last couple couple minutes here, do you have anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Where should they go? And um, all that good stuff. Well, we do have a website. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's shocking. Uh, chaseblissaudio.com. If you want to talk to me, just email me at joel at chaseblissaudio.com. One kind of cool thing we've recently, uh, we've recently introduced is we... Um, one complaint we used to get a lot about our manuals and literature we send with the guitar pedals is that we didn't have presets or, you know, example settings. Well, we fix that now and we have oh, nice. example settings that were created by um, Mason Stoops, who's an amazing guitarist. And he recorded mm-hmm. um, all of them or like, uh, you know, recorded something with, with all of the example s- settings and they're up on our SoundCloud, which is uh, soundcloud.com slash chase bliss audio. And that's 
been something I've been wanting to do for a long time. So I'm pretty excited that, that it finally happened. Sweet. That's awesome. I'm going to check that out. That's cool. fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Joel. Thank um, you, Blake. I'll, I, I'm so glad we were able to do this. Yeah, right on. Me I'm too. going to, uh, go ahead and close the show out the classic way. So for Joel, this is Blake and good luck and good tones. That was awesome. I am so glad we were finally able to make that happen. Joel is an awesome dude, and his pedals are insane. So if you haven't checked them out for some reason, make sure you head on over to chaseblissaudio.com and please just feast your ears. It's a, it's a treat. Also, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, it would be great if I could get some iTunes reviews. They really help spread the show like more than you would more than you would think. It really helps me out. Um, if you enjoy the show, please uh, head on over to iTunes, leave us a nice review, and I will be eternally grateful. And yes, I do read every single review, and uh, the nice ones make me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. And we know fuzz is a good thing. So take care, have a good week, and I will talk to you next time. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.